Welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're joined by Sal Frisella to discuss the law of attraction, which might just be the most important entrepreneurial law there is and creating exactly what you want to set your intention to create. So that's what we're going to talk about. But first, as always, let's get into our last seven days and how they've been. You know, Jeff Sue, I think I'm going to start with you today, like I usually do 95% of the time, but I feel like keeping the order the same. So uh, how's your last seven days been? Last seven days have been pretty good, you know, uneventful, but, you know, just, you know, cranking, you know, in the, uh, the, in, the in terms of business, personal life, kind of uneventful, but um, got a busy week. So I have another class coming up tomorrow night teaching about um, gut health. And then Thursday, I'm joining... Um, Sarah Dollar's uh, client group to answer questions about um, hormones and birth control and general weight loss. And um, let's see what else is going on. Teaching another class on uh, January 6th. So that's going to be the labs class again. Um, have five signups already for that. I'll take eight. If anyone listening wants to join in, feel free. Um, but you know, business like, so, so today I had five clients who had to, um, put things on pause just for the holidays. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least like I didn't lose the clients, which, you know, that happened to me last year. So people just want to pause a little bit, um, you know, do some traveling, enjoy some meals, and then they want to pick it up back in January, mid January or whatever. So I have a couple people who are in that situation we're going to run labs again in January and keep on going. So you know, we're, we're just plugging along basically. And I'm not too stressful, you know, I'm not too stressed out and, uh, you know, just keep it busy basically. Sweet. How's the sexy hamstring training going? <laughs> uh, well, I changed my routine, um, to focus yeah, more on arms, delts and hams. So I'm hitting hams three times a week and, uh, obviously arms, my weakest point, I feel on my physique, I don't have that 3d look to my arms. And uh, I want to get that. So we're doing that. And then um, I'm hitting chest back and quads once on Saturday. Just once. Yeah. Probably yeah. smart. Probably smart. Yeah. Whoa. We'll see. Dad, while well, I've got you, how's your last seven days been, buddy? Oh, it's been good, man. Um, I'm in a pretty chipper mood today. Um, let's see. Business. I do have uh, that insulin sensitivity course coming up where I kind of teach people how to use a glucometer, how to reset insulin sensitivity, kind of track that with clients. That's going to be January 10th. I have some signups already. I announced it early, so I'll, I'll repost it on Instagram. Um, I will be at the Olympia um, watching over Trish Wood, who first time making the Olympia and women's classic physique. I leave uh, Thursday. Um, We'll attend that on Friday and then Saturday I'm actually heading to the beach. So nice. You no, know, it was either men in thongs or warm weather cruising down an hour down to Cocoa beach. And well, are you going to be in a thong on Cocoa beach? I will not. Um, That's sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll go coach for a few days and uh, do the bodybuilding thing and then uh, get some sun and fun. Um, other than that, my class, you know, uh, I've actually still had some signups. People are really trying to come in and, you know, get, get set, set up for, you know, their competitions and stuff. So everything's cruising along there. Um, I have no complaints, uh, just trying to get all my final like Christmas gift stuff done. Like, you know, it's a little harder when you're like a single man now, like you don't have a wife to like buy all that shit, you know? And so you, know, <laughs> you I gotta, have to like, fucking think now, huh? Dude, like, it's a bitch, man. Like, it's a bitch. <laughs> 
Um, so I got the kids covered, um, few other special people in the life covered. I didn't do anything yet for the parents. So I don't know, man. But other than that, uh, things are things are pretty good here. Well, my last seven days have been good. I completed seven days in a row of either microdosing LSD or mushrooms, <laughs> um, banged out 19 pieces of content and wrote an entire marketing strategy for quarter one with Nick in four hours. So time was really slow to me, but to Nick, time seemed really fast from what you said. And I was like, yeah, it's because I was uh, stealing fire, which is what I sent Sal a question about a book today. But uh, Sal, we had last week on uh, our podcast, we had a guy talk all about psychedelics with us. So that's where that all comes from, because I've been using that uh, microdosing therapy for about almost four years now. And it's quite the biohack, but besides that, man, uh, just growth is good. I just added another coach to Relentless forever. So it's cool to see a couple people, you know, that, that growing and people want to work with me. And besides that, man, I've got my best news of the year. It has, it stands right now. If I were to shut everything up for the rest of the year, my gym, even though we were closed for three months and grew 33%. So we were 54% last year with three-month closure. We still did 33% this year. So that mayor who might be listening to my podcast, he can suck my fucking dick. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that one. That's bragging rights there. Came out of the other side, no matter all the obstacles. Mother nature twice fucking over, and I still got on the other side. So I'll take that as a victory. Sal, how's your last seven days been, buddy? The last seven days have been great. I'm, I'm over here contemplating microdosing you know psychedelics trying to figure out how <laughs> how the fuck you microdose psychedelics now you understand if i do something i do it like i'm like gas pedal to the floor <laughs> i'm gonna drink it's the whole case of beer i think if i had psychedelics in front of me i don't know how i could microdose it however you know, i'm open to new things uh, my seven days dude I, you know last seven days has been interesting because the whole political storm but i really honestly I'm trying to drive as much Christmas spirit as I possibly can. You know, I've, I've learned in time when things go as negative as possible, try to figure out and, and build the positive the other direction. And <clears throat> last seven days, I really personally have tried to focus on how to drive as much Christmas spirit, whether it's back to our business at home with my kids, uh, through other families, and really just be a positive light. The last seven days, I think in the world have been, you know, unfortunately, if you have kids, um, the closer we get to Christmas, you know, the less you start to realize that they're getting to experience what Christmas is about. And that to me, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't like it. So I'm trying to fix it and, and change it in my own little world. So I've been really trying to, to hone in. I know that's not really a cool, awesome psychedelic answer. I wish I could give you one, <laughs> but I'm married. So unlike Jason in that sense, I don't have to do the Christmas shopping. So I don't have that exciting side of my life. And then <laughs> I have three fucking kids. And if I did drugs at home like that, I don't know what the fuck would happen. I can tell you the house would probably burn the fuck down. But uh, so I have to live like this uh, Brady Bunch. Very like uh, one thing to make my story better is if I put a fucking station wagon. <laughs> Definitely with wood panels. Yeah, the wood panels wood one. Panel. You can't forget that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Um, speak of that real quick. Are you changing because you are the president of first form based upon the political climate? Are you changing your strat any strategies going into quarter one for 2021? Or are you going to keep it all, all along the same line? No, we never we don't wear like that. We're the one thing that you'll learn about my brother and myself is like, we're very fundamentally set in, in who we are. Um, and you got to understand, I think this is an important lesson for a lot of young, specifically business people, or really just people in general. 
Um, I just did a little podcast on this for my segment, but I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of, uh, everybody tries to create this inclusive environment. And unfortunately, like life is not supposed to be inclusive. Like it's not, you know, like here, this is, this goes to your psychedelic conversation. I've never smoked weed a day in my fucking life. I've never done a drug a day as long. Guess what? It doesn't intrigue me. It's not something that interests me. That doesn't mean you're a fucking asshole. And that certainly doesn't mean I got to be drugs for us to be, I got to do drugs for us to be friends or you got to quit doing drugs for us to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you see in today's climate is like, well, you're not like me. So fuck you. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> fucking do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. and, and unfortunately like, Hey man, I believe in the second amendment, you know, like, I believe there's a lot of things that I believe in in today's political climate that I don't like. And I've learned through business that if you don't like me for those things and you don't want to shop with our company for those things, I'm okay with that. But I'm certainly not going to change my core values to try to include people who don't really support what it is that I stand for anyhow. And I, I use the term analogy, like when I do any business coaching or having this conversation, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people know who their target, target audience is. However, instead of just being fucking great at it, they try to double their business by, by widening what it is that they do by opening up the gap. And, and mm -hmm. I use the analogy of a steakhouse. You know, if you have the best fucking steakhouse in town, focus on being the best fucking steakhouse. And unfortunately, because we've been trained to have like this inclusive side to us, now the steakhouse wants to have, it starts off with, well, let's have a vegan option. Then as our world starts becoming more tolerant to, we got to accept everybody. It's well, let's have the, the world's best steakhouse and a vegan menu, then a vegan dessert, then a vegan seating section, then a vegan. It's like, wait, where does this fucking stop? You know? And in my brain, and I think in our, in our climate for our customer, our job is to help you change your life and do the very best job of doing so. And if, unfortunately, if you see how we stand politically or fundamentally, um, and that bothers you, then I encourage you not to shop with us. It's just the way it is. And if, if that, if you, if you cannot separate the two, the business and the personal and understand that that American flag that hangs on that wall gives me the, a right to an opinion, that doesn't mean you have to fucking hate me for it. It's just my opinion. Um, then I'm going to express my opinion. And if you do choose to shop with us because you don't share the same opinion, I'm okay with that. I can handle that. I'm certainly not going to waver to the fact that you, you can't stand for something on your own. Just the way I am. Yeah, I agree with you. Like if you enter, I was thinking about this day when I was on one part of my gym, there's a Christmas tree, there's Hanukkah candles right next to it. Above it is all the military flags, a giant American flag. And then the other bay is a rainbow. Don't tread on me flag. And I'm like, mm -hmm. amazing that everyone can still get along underneath one roof because we're like over 700 plus and everyone's pretty much, you know, just in there high fiving each other, no matter what. But yeah, it's almost like the narrative you see out there is like, you're either fucking with me or you're against me. And I don't think that's majority true. I think that, you know, a lot of people still want to be cool, still want to get out there and have fun and just look at it like, hey, we're in this together. Let's figure out how to do it better while we're here. Well, we talk about that all the time. Like, dude, I'm, I'm an American. Like, that's how I look at myself. There's black Americans, white Americans, gay Americans, trans men. I don't give a fuck where you stick your penis. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care if you're gay, straight, like you're trans. It doesn't bother me at all. You know nope. what I mean? Yeah. No. But I do stand for our freedoms. I do stand for our country. And I want our country to, dude, I want our country to kick motherfucking ass and take fucking names. And, you know, I think this divisiveness that they've driven down through an agenda, which, you know, we can get on that whole fucking one. <laughs> but that, it, I don't like the divisiveness that they put through our fellow man, because like, 
hey man there's enough other fucking problems outside the world we have our own fucking problems on a day-to-day basis whether they're you know financial i've learned this about guys in general like show me a problem i'll show you that every single guy has a money problem and a relationship problem in some way shape or form it's just tough it's what we struggle with and we don't need to hate each other on top of that dude life's fucking hard enough as it is and they want yeah. that divisiveness that they're driving down through is like, I, I can't get down with that. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm going to stand for. And if you try to enforce that shit inside my business, I'm going to tell you to kiss my ass. And so I think, you know, we took that stance and, you know, back in April, May, you know, people didn't really like that stance as much, but I think honestly, like if you're a young entrepreneur, I think we gained a lot more support for standing for something than wavering to nothing, which is what most people do. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather go down swinging for what the fuck I believe in than just, you know, going with whatever way the water flows. And I, and I, I use that analogy too, just in the same kind of funny, the podcast is going to spin right off of this. It's my, it's my own little segment. So I guess I can steal it for myself. Um, <laughs> you know, like I feel like everybody's just a jellyfish in the water and they're just getting pushed around. They're going to kind of go with it. And it's, that's the, the tolerance that's been bred into us over time, it's like, well, just accept it. It's okay. And be tolerant with it. It's okay. And at some point in time, man, it's like, I'm not that way. Like, I'm just not that way. Like I'm tolerant of certain subjects, but when you try to push that shit into my life, like dang, it'll fucking happen. And I would much rather be a shark in the water and understand what I have to go do and go get than just be pushed around the fucking, you know, the, the ocean because the government tells me to, I'm not a, um, I am not a believer of the government can come inside my house and tell me how many people I can have at Thanksgiving. Uh, I think you should kiss my fucking ass. When you, if you put Turkey on my, on my table and you want to come cook it and clean it, then you can tell me who the fucking come in there. That's how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Until I agree. That happens, stay the fuck out. I agree. Well, but you have a different, like, and this gives us a little bit of a, a segue into what we're going to be talking about with the law of attraction. You have that stance because you believe in the law of attraction. So therefore you attract what you vibe, what you put out there, what you see, what you, what you manifest. So um, I know there's lots of different books about out there on it. Um, Some are good. Some are bad. The one I read was by Michael Lozier, L-O-S-I-E-R. And he defined the law of attraction has the ability to attract to my life, whatever I give my attention, energy and focus to whether positive or negative. And I wanted to kind of get your spin on that because, you know, first form by and large was, if I understand correctly from uh, your brother in the podcast, MFCO, they did as he transferred it over to uh, real AF, but he did a couple of times. He talked about the law of attraction has building first form. Like he was seeing it, he was putting it together. It was slowly coming up and growing. I want to get your take on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, I just get a chill, like processing it. It, Law of attraction, it, it comes off and there's, there's two types of people with the law of attraction. There are people who believe in it and then there are people who think it's hokey. And, um, and I understand both really well. And I think um, you know, a lot of times the non-believers go into this, you know, if I could just wish for it, you know, and it appears and then they start, and they wish for it for like a week and then they, they can't understand how it actually works. And I would say that the definition that was described is extremely dead on, you know, where you pay your attention and what you focus on can and will be true if you so choose. And, you know, when you think about first form as an ideology, um, you know, my brother is a very, very, very good visionary. He's, there's very few people, um, if any, really, that I've come across my entire life that have a better visionary brain than Andrew. 
Um, and the reason we work really well together is because I'm a very good doer. I'm a good deliverer of product, if you will. And, and um, we're very much yin and yang. We're very much black and white, but our thought process is very linear. Uh, and understanding like he says, hey, this is kind of what we're going to do. And then we have to figure out how to get it there. And a lot of that comes through thought process, belief, and understanding that the belief has to come before the action, but the work is still required. And I'll say that again, like the belief has to come before the action, but the work is still required. Meaning you can't wish for it in one hand and shit in the other. Mm -hmm. You have to go do the work that's necessary in order to understand that what you believe can and will be possible if you're willing to sacrifice for it. And I think that's where the law of attraction gets lost for a lot of people is, you know, a lot of people can never believe that that life is meant for them. It's not possible for them. It's not meant to be for them. Those other people are lucky. And, you know, I, I told this story a few episodes ago, you know, like, um, you know, Andrew and I don't, we're, we're so trained to think positively um, from, a, from a framework standpoint. And this goes to my dad when we were young age, like we were, we were very fortunate um, kids. We didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth, even though I would much kind of like Lou Holtz will say, like he had a silver spoon because he had parents that loved him and cared about him. But I never had a power wheel, you know, like I never... Uh, we didn't have like all the toys that all the other kids had. My dad was one of 12. Uh, we grew up down this old shitty rock road and a little bitty 1200 square foot house, not even 1200, it's probably like 900, 1100, somewhere. It was a little bitty fucking cedar house. And, you know, like we didn't have a want in the world cause we didn't really know any better. We had a big family and we spent a lot of time playing and fighting. And we talked about that today. Like there, are, I'm never afraid. I've never been afraid to get in a fight because like I grew up fighting like my whole life. Like I don't think anything of it. Like it, I, even to this day, I always say, if I'm just likely to shake your hands, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Cause I don't like, fuck it. I've been hit a thousand times. <laughs> but you know, we didn't, the odds for us to kind of be where we're at in life. I didn't want to say like, um, if you would have drawn that on a piece of paper or said that for us as little kids, you would, there's no fucking chance in hell. Right. Like, I didn't, I remember getting my first pair of Umbros. I remember getting my first pair of Samba soccer shoes. Like I can remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. And, and I say that like my dad and mom loved us a great deal and cared about us a great deal. And cool thing about my dad is he, anything you, anything you want in life is possible. And I think we were too young and too dumb that we believed it. And, um, you know, Andrew and I've always had a really good working relationship that way because we understand like I, we understand each other in knowing that it might sound a little crazy, but if we do understand if one man can do it, another man can. And when you look at how you process yourself, it's the humility that you have to learn to accept criticism from other people in that process first. Meaning that if you're going to dream this life that you want for yourself, you have to first put yourself out there and you have to start thinking that way. You have to start acting as if, and you have to start believing as if, and what, and we talked about this yesterday in, in our company wide meeting, it's very difficult. And you got to think I got 200 plus guys. Now I got 10, 12,000 reps across the country. You know, we, at, when we had our first four or five guys, like you had to sell them that same dream. And I highlighted a guy in our meeting who has technically been with our organization longer than I have. And, you know, my brother had to sell him on the dream of what we would be one day and about four or five years, three or four years into the business, you know, his dad wanted him to quit. His dad was a contractor. He's a blue collar kid. He was in college in biology. He wanted to go on to, to, to be a doctor. And, and my brother, no, you got to stay with me, man. Stay with me. Stay with me. I promise you 
this is what we're going to be. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to live. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, like, for those of you who are new to law of attraction, the visualization that you have to get to in the thought process and the clarity and the understanding is you actually have to truly see where it is that you want to be in life and you have to believe it and you have to visualize it. And visualization is one of the best skills that, you know, understanding if you want to be a winner, big picture and long term, like you have to believe in yourself first, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is ever going to fucking believe in yourself. And the best thing that we ever did is to learn to get these kids to believe in us and then go do the work. And with this guy in particular, you know, we watched him from go from a store employee to a store manager to where he came down and worked for us when there's only five of us down at HQ um, five total people in our headquarters distribution center. And his name's Cody Klein. He's, he's a loyalist is the day as long. He bleeds first form blue. And he's a, he's a fundamentally, he's an unbelievable kid. He would do anything that, that we asked of him. And now he, you know, he, he makes a very, very good living, uh, doing what he's done here. He's been here 11 years. Um, he, he has been a believer in the first form mission since day one, whatever we have to do in order to help a customer become better, whether that's physically or financially or emotionally, he understands our mission and our job is to deliver on that promise. And, you know, to watch Cody and I, and I said this, you know, to watch Cody be able to, I don't want to say look his dad in the face and say, I told you you were wrong or rub his face in it, but to watch to watch one of my guys, and I have several stories like this, and, I, and in fact, I want to share the other one as well, to watch my guys who have believed in us since day one when nobody else did, watch them thrive and, and buy a home. Like, you know, this guy bought a, he bought a $650,000 house, bigger than the house I live in, and, you know, square footage wise. It's, and he's got 10 acres and it's, you know, to watch these kids who were once hourly employees who believe in the mission and literally have sacrificed their entire livelihoods because they believed in us. They believed in themselves. They believed in the opportunity. They saw themselves. They put in the work. They made the effort. And then to watch them live lives that they never thought were possible. And then to tell me the law of attraction isn't real is bullshit, right? Like, so like in my head, I've, I, I have a million examples like this that through believing in action and understanding that we can do this if we all believe in that collective thought process of what we're trying to achieve, as long as we're willing to sacrifice and do the work, we can do it. We can get it done. But that belief factor and that understanding of visualization, that law of attraction, what you put out into the world, you will receive is a part that people misconstrue very regularly. And it's hard for most people to understand. And it's hard as a young man or a young woman to make, to, to make a decision. And that first piece of humility that you have to swallow in order to go out and actually chase and live the life that you want to live because you have to start expressing that to people. And that's step one, man. Like step one of the law of attraction, excuse me, that'd be step two. Step one is understanding what you want to be, what it looks like, where you want to be. I make my guys, I mean, this is like crazy shit. That, like you walked in in our meeting and we, we have 200 people and are all eyes are closed. And I make them visualize like, I want you to visualize. And these are 18 year old kids. And I got, you know, 50 year old people that work for me guys and girls all across the board, back, black, white, gay, straight. And we're all sitting there and I will make them think positively. Like, where do you want to live? Like, what does the house look like? What does a driveway look like? Do you have a fence or no fence? What's the mailbox look like? And I will visually walk them through this process. When you pull up, this is a sided house, walk around porch, stone. What does it look like? Tell me, tell me the house that you think of as a kid. When you open up the front door, what color is the door? And I'll, I will visually walk them through this process because understanding that they have to start creating this this concept of where they want to be 
to go back to our conversation about being a shark in the water, like they got to go, not just push through life any way that life will give you. What are we going after in order and what are our dreams and what do we need to, to achieve and what are we starting to see? What are we starting to understand? What are we starting to recognize and realize? And when you can start to visualize what it is in life that you want, you can start to chase it. You can start to build it. And I think that's the piece where people get, they get, they get a little quirky, man, because like you walk into a room, there's 200 people with their eyes closed. They're looking around like, what the fuck is going on? It almost <laughs> like we should be singing a seance and there should be candles fucking lit on, lighted on the side. But I, I, I fundamentally physically and emotionally understand that the thought process positive and negative will control your life. And Definitely. I believe in it so heavily that I've learned to even try to transition and this how do I transition negative things into my life and, and position it as a positive back in, in the rebuttal? Because I understand how it, how important it is to the framework or your brain. And you see this a lot in life, you know, like people, they don't really want you to do better than they do because it makes them uncomfortable. And so when you start saying quirky things and then you start to want more than they want and you start to maybe do a little bit, they start to judge you. And now you're saying something that's like conspiracy theory ish, you know, like it's weird ish. Oh, that guy's kind of weird. Oh, they're going to build the biggest sports supplement company in the industry. Yeah. Right. Nobody believes in you. That's hard to get through that barrier. And it, your friends and family are going to be the ones that judge you the hardest. It's just, and it's the nature of why nobody ever gets outside that bubble is because just like Cody's dad we all have parents that they want what's best for us. However, they, it's hard for them to envision through your eyeballs. You want more than they had, or you want differently than they had. And, and unfortunately, as a parent myself, like you think, you know, what's best for your kids and you want what's best for your kids. However, like you can never truly tap into how they think and what they feel and what makes them happy, you know? And, and I think visualizing that positive mindset, taking action in that positive mindset and learning how to, put your head down, put one foot in front of the other and work towards that goal, that dream, that life that you have is very real. I think it's very misunderstood. And I think it's something that everybody on planet earth should learn to start believing and chasing their dreams and actions and understanding that you either can and you can't and whichever one you believe is it's very true. And that's can I ask you a question, Sal? Of course. Just, this is just opinion for you. like, what's your opinion? Yeah, fire. Uh, you know, I deal with a lot of people that have negative reactions to everything in their life. You know, like you, you, I'm a coach. Like I, I deal with it all the day, all the time. I, I mean, I know in my life I had some positive thinkers. I had some negative thinkers. And I think earlier in my life, I was a negative thinker. Now I always look to, to spin it positively. But what is your advice to people who are struggling to get out of that because that's the problem. I mean, they, they, everything is always the negative first and they can't get out of their way that way. I'm going to teach you a secret that this, I think this, this helped me. This was dude, this is one of the best pieces of advice. I got it from a fucking plumber. Okay. Nice. I, I, and this, this guy, okay. So you want to talk about support from day one, this guy, when we had five SKUs, he supported us, six SKUs supported. It's always been in my corner. Dude's not even on social media. Could give two shits. He is a self-made millionaire, comes from nothing, made, and I still call him because 
he has all, I've always loved a positive mindset person. I've always been a very positive interaction person. Like I, I would much rather smile than be pissed off. Yeah, and, me too. And, and we always, and I always, I remember I, I, dude, I can fucking remember it like it was yesterday. Like I'm always, I'm not very intelligent, but I have memory recall. Like anyway, and I was sitting there with, with his name's Corey Jaggy. And I was sitting there with Corey and I said, you know, Corey, how, how do you deal with positive mindset? And he said, Sal, it's the simplest thing. I learned it when I was little. There's three buckets. Bucket one, I can do something about it. Meaning when a negative energy comes into my life, I can fix that interaction. No matter what, I can control this action. And you know what? It might piss me off. It might inconvenience me, but I can change this. And so I'm going to do something about it to make it a positive interaction. And for me, for my guys, I always say, hey, Nate, when we get a, a, a bad customer service problem, I look at it as a great opportunity. Guys, this is a great opportunity to show why we can express and go to a different level than everybody else. That's bucket one. I can control it. Bucket two, I can't do shit about it. It's going to fucking rain on your wedding day. Guess what? Unless you know Mother Nature and she lives next door, motherfucker, you ain't going to change it. So we all too often, because of the control side of us, we want to be able to control every situation. So you have to learn to be able to express to people like, hey, you can't control that. Therefore, you, you can't learn to let it control you. So if you can't control the variable, don't let it control your emotional state. And bucket two is very, very difficult for some people because by nature, we want to just control all the moving parts. And unfortunately, man, this is life. life. There are things you cannot control. Mm -mm. But much like a diet, you can control whether you had that extra fucking Snickers bar or not, right? But, you know, like, listen, man, some people have better genetics than others. You can't yep. control that. But you can control if you bring your best, right? You can't control if you've actually put in the work or how hard you put in that workout. You can't control if you've been honest with yourself or not. But you can't control, if, you know, I mean... And I'm not a bodybuilding guru, but, you know, I would be willing to bet that Jack, Dexter Jackson's got pretty good goddamn genes. You know what I mean? He's fucking 284 years old. Motherfucker still looks great. You know? yeah. The vampire. But, yeah, but you, you can't control that, right? So what can you can control? You can control you. You can control your energy. You can control your effort. You can control those things. So focus on those things. That's bucket two. Bucket three. I can fix it, but it's not worth it. The energy that it takes to fix it is not worth it. And I look at this as the steakhouse analogy. Yeah. You have, let's just say that 50% of the population is vegan. 50% of the population is, is meat eating. Well, if you're a meat eater, and you absolutely love grilling and you love steak and you love the process. You love the, you know, the cow to the table type atmosphere. And you spend all your energy and effort trying to make a vegan restaurant. Well, you're spinning your wheels, bro, because you're going to lose these people to gain these people. And at the end of the day, you got the same amount of people. So is it, is it really worth the effort to ruin everything that you love and you're passionate about to go chase this? No. So it goes into bucket three. Hey, listen, I could fix that. And I certainly could go try to build the best vegan restaurant on planet earth, but it's not worth my time, energy, and effort to go lose all my goddamn customers over here and slide them over here. Cause at the end of the day, I'm, I'm net even. And so I always have innately had a really, really good ability of when somebody's feeding me shit, right? And Jason, you and I, um, from an earlier time in our career, have a common theme in, in somebody who's always victim, right? Always victim, always victim, always victim. And I've learned to really process those people. And, and I, I put up many walls and I let them process, mm -hmm. I let them process. And I let it not come into my gate because I can't fix that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And and those, I always use the withdrawal and deposit technique, you know, like mm -hmm. if they're always withdrawing the energy out of me, I never deposit my energy into them because I've already taken it. So I've learned to, to block those walls. 
And a lot of people struggle because we go into that box three, that bucket three, where it's like, we want to fix everybody. We want everybody to like us. And this comes back to the early part of the conversation is you have to be comfortable with not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to think like you. And sometimes you have to fire your clients. You know, sometimes they're too much work, they're too much energy, they're too much effort and understanding like you're not going to fix those people. That fundamental unwiring of victim mentality or negative mindset, it's a very, it, dude, it's a disease, man. And it is a very toxic environment, much like alcohol or drugs in a sense where we want to go fix those people because we all have a coaching background in some way, shape or form. Like I'm not a, I am not a prep coach by any means. I'm the, I'm the guy who takes them from 300 pounds to, you know, 185. And I changed the kind of the fundamentals of them, right. From 185 down, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. I couldn't put you on stage. I, I, banana hammock, glitter, no glitter, tan, gray tan, gold tan. I don't fucking know. That's not my role, but you know, sometimes you got to fire those people. And because they're too much work and are too much, maybe not too much work. The energy that they bring into your life is not positive energy. And it's a negative, it's a negative mindset. And you have to be very cognizant and self-aware and understanding that it's okay to fire your customers. It's okay to let some of those people go. It's okay to set up boundaries of positivity and negativity and leave those people outside your walls. And that's a struggle, man, that as coaches and as people who train people and help other people get better, it's hard to let those people go. And it's hard to build those walls and it's hard to fix that negative mindset. And I, I have learned that it's, it's that negative mindset usually starts at a very young age. That negative mindset comes from negative reinforcement, not positive reinforcement. And I want to be extremely clear. I think positive reinforcement has gone too far to the one direction where we tell all our kids, good job, even though you were, you sucked, right? The kids sucked and they're like, Hey, good job today, Johnny. And it's like, no, Johnny, you fucking suck today. And we've lost on the honesty train through positive reinforcement. However, there was a time, and I think we're probably all in the same little age bracket. Maybe we're negative. Jason's really old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. <laughs> but we're negative reinforcement was a, really a tactic in the in the eighties, right? Like, dude, you always sucked. No matter how good you are, you sucked. Like, you didn't do good enough today. And unfortunately, we have this we have this disease as humans. Like, we're gluttons for one way or the other, right? We either it's kind of like politics. You're either fucking diehard Republican Confederate flag wave, have a shotgun right in the back of your car. You're fucking bleeding liberal on the other side. And there's like the majority of us sit in the middle, you know, it's like, Hey guys, like these guys are fucking crazy. And these fucking guys are fucking crazy. How about the rest of us? And that, that being able to set up those walls and those boundaries on, you know, understanding it's okay to fire people and it's okay to, to win and it's okay to lose is, but it's, it's, it's okay to have, parameters in which you're willing to tolerate not tolerate and sometimes you got to tell people that you're not going to tolerate them that's fucking hard yeah you know i'll be honest with you i'll kind of go into a little bit where i'm going with this so when i was 10 after having a surgery where i had to break my keep my own leg broken every four to six hours for three months straight a few weeks after that the very first step i took in physical therapy my leg snapped in half and i'll never forget the therapist just putting his name was damien put his hand on my shoulder and was like i'll see you in a few weeks like it was just like this moment, but it was like literally he, you know, I went back. He's like, all right, well, you're going to walk into high school. So it was just like, you know, at that age, I remember thinking like that was all I thought about was walking again. And then one day I walked again and it kind of everyone was kind of like, holy shit, Jeff walked again. So I learned at a young age, 
on through same thing with business. If I think about it enough, if I believe in it enough, if I know I can do it enough, I could get there. But I wanted to ask you a question because you brought up visualization. You brought up how, what you do with your team. Is this a culture cornerstone, the law of attraction and visualization? And how do you guys like, how do you work with your team on creating habits to make this part of the culture creation you're doing at First Form? So can you give me like 30 seconds? Yeah. I'm going to run and grab something. I'll bring it back. Well, I don't know that it's visually relevant because you can't see, I guess we're not, well, this is a straight audio cast. Yeah. Straight audio. I'm going to go to, vi I'm going to go to a video in 2021. Cause I figured out a fast way to do it now. That's okay. So we create vision boards. Okay. Okay. And I still, and now a vision board visualization is ever evolving because you know, this is, this is my, pro now I'm a college graduate and this is my problem with inst institutions in general is they make you make these decisions at 18. They're pretty big fucking decisions. You know, and at 18, the truth is you don't know your fucking head from your asshole. Like, that's the truth. That's the, mm -hmm. that's, you know, here's a whole bunch of booze. You're going to pay us a whole bunch of money. We're going to, you guys are all going to go and live in these dorms together. And you guys are all going to have sex with each other. And it's going to be this wild fucking <laughs> for four years. Oh, but by the way, you got to make your entire life decision in these next four years under this clouded mindset. Right. And I, you look back on life and you're kind of, and it's funny because I still, put in towards my kids college education, even though fundamentally I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But I have a vision board and I keep it here and I keep it in my bathroom and I hang it on the wall. It's my original, the very first vision board that, that I ever built. And my brother made us build, there was 10 of us, 10 of 10 managers. There's 10 store managers at the time. And I was included in those meetings at the time. And we all built vision boards together. And we had to, uh, we had to go buy a cork board. We had to go buy real pictures from real magazines. And we had to cut them out and place them on this board. Okay. And we had to put them in a spot where we would see them every single day. And when I say see them every single day, somewhere where you can live in that environment, in that realm every single day, mm -hmm. meaning this is the car that I'm going to drive. This is the house that I'm going to live in. These are the things that I'm going to have. And some people, and this is an argumentative thing that I don't want to say get people. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a things person. You are just, we're all different things. You know, some people want, you know, they want vacation and they want travel and they want experience. Okay. Well that there should be a picture of some type of uh, relevance that can speak to you yeah. of what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I hang this vision board, okay, as odd as it sounds, in my bathroom, okay? I may spend some time in my bathroom, but it's my original one. And the reason I hang it in my bathroom is because it's a humble reminder. When I look at there now, <clears throat> it's been 11 years, and there's almost every single thing on that vision board that I, ha that I have. And I may not have it. If, if, uh, just give me one second. I'm going to grab it, and I'm going to walk through it because I, it's important, I think, from a visualization standpoint for us to kind of- Yeah, no, I'm all for it. In the meantime, be sure to check out our sponsor, Amino Asylum. Yeah. DC 15, guys, save your little hear discount. Did him say 650K for a house on 10 acres? Yeah, dude, that's like- you know what I paid for mine when I only had six. <laughs> when, I mean, oh, fuck, man. Yeah, I, we, I told that's you what we kept telling you. Get out of Massachusetts. That's I what told we kept you telling times. you. We were, I offered you a spot at, at Nashville. I would have put my the first Kentucky call home, out banner. My Kentucky home was six. 6,000 square feet, 
six acres, four ninety nine. My house is more than that, and I get 0.75. And mine was like badass, dude. It had hibachi grill. It had like I know, I've seen hibachi the grill. One of those like massive refrigerators. My place, my place like your place. Yeah, man. <laughs> you you I, I, never cooked me hibachi, though. That's fucked up. Told you to get out of Massachusetts a million times. <laughs> Sue's going to be like looking at land somewhere else now. He's going to be like, I'm going to get it for real estate investment later on in life. <laughs> oh, I sent him some pictures not long ago of like what he could get for what he paid. I know, like a palace. Yeah. 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 Ah, Sal's back. Sal, don't worry. We just talked about land. I'm in the land process now. That's the times we live in, right? Okay, so sweet cars, some sweet cars. Yeah, Yeah, it's my original vision board. Okay, so now you got to think. I'm 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 almost 40 now, so I'm 28, 27, 28 at the time when I made this. So, you know, lots of flashy things because I think as a 27, 28 year old guy, I'm single. You know, this is the cool shit that you want in life, right? Yeah. But I can transcribe how these things have always shaped my brain and understanding. And so just for, for the listeners, so you understand, like I have a section that's homes, like houses and what I would want to live in. Uh, I have a section of things that I would want to do. Uh, like this is, this is a picture of Bush Stadium in St. Louis. One of the things that I'd love to do is, and I want to own the Cardinals. That's why it's the front and center. Like I would love to buy the St. Louis Cardinals. And I fundamentally think, I know people are going to laugh. They're going to, they're literally like right now, a listener thinking, yeah, okay, buddy. But I'm telling you, at a time when we made this board, we didn't have a warehouse. We kept the product that we have at First Form in the back of a retail store. We had less than probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars of total First Form inventory. Wow. Um, you know, and to put that in perspective, in just ten short years of belief and action and understanding, you know, we have almost two hundred thousand square feet. You know, um, carry ten, fifteen million dollars in inventory. I got. 12,000 reps, like with things have progressed a great deal in that time frame, And so if you can believe it into an existence, this is, this is before any of that even happened. And I walk through and I look at the things that I've had it either bought and sold and checked off across this list. I have, I have a home. It looks similar to this, not like this per se, but it looks similar to this. And it is the vision of the farmhouse that I want to build to exactly. And I'm looking for property as you guys are talking about doing so. Um, I, this is a vacation thing to me. I want to have the ability to, to, to take my family to the beach at any time. And that's why that picture is there. Now it's a big ass house on the front of the ocean. And so one person might see it as this is the house that he wants. And to me, it's my visualization of just a reminder that I want to get into a place where I can always take my family to the beach, to the ocean, to be able to experience life because experiencing life at the end of the day is what I've learned is the most important, you know, things come and go, but experiences last forever. And yes, sir. go ahead. No, I was saying, yes, sir. No, I agree yeah. with you. I, 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 I am a Dodge guy at heart. So I crossed this picture. Okay. So I have a big jacked up Ford diesel truck, even though this is a Dodge diesel truck, but I also have a 1990 gen one 12 valve diesel Dodge black. This is a Porsche GT three RS. Yep. Now I have, so I own this. I've owned two or three of these. I have one of these. I have one of these in a different version, the newer version. Ferrari. These are are all, yeah, this is a Rolls Royce. This is a Ferrari. This is a big chopper because in my late 20s, I rode a motorcycle. But guess what? I I own a custom big wheel 26-inch chopper. This is an Enzo Ferrari. For those of you who know, my my son's name is Enzo. Enzo. Mm -hmm. And... Although I don't have an Enzo, I have an Enzo. And, you know, when you look at, so this bus to me was the ability to be able to go across country and experience life with my kids. Uh, 
although I don't have a bus, I have a sprinter van that's converted into <laughs> my travel machine. Yeah. So I can take my kids and we all pile up and we run. I've yet to do a muscle car Defender 90, although they're both on the bucket list, but I've had a Land Cruiser and I own a Ferrari. So these are things to me, the, the watch collection, I, I have a thing for watches. So these things to me have all existed in my reality for a long time. However, they've just now become present in my brain. And people, you should see this. This sat in my office for years and years and years and years and years. And people would always ask me, now, mind you, we had nothing, nothing. And I would explain to people what this is. I would visualize to them and I would express to them and I would teach them and I would show them what this is. And I can, I mean, and this is maybe it's the piss and vinegar and my, I hold my beer, watch this moment. But I could see them think I'm crazy at that time in my life. I can, and I can remember the conversations. Yeah. I can remember the vendors. I could remember the situational awareness of understanding. Like I would express to this, to them. And it would almost be like, Sure. Mm -hmm. can I sell you labels, right? That's how that conversation would go. And so to this day, <laughs> that visualization piece to me is extremely real. And so what I put, I place that in a place now and I have a different vision board because to me, the vision board is, it's an ever-changing, evolving action, right? Because now as I'm a dad, I'm, I'm almost 40, my wants and needs are different than they were in my 20s. And what I want out of life is extremely different than I want. So that, that vision board needs to adjust and change and adapt just like your life is going to. And visualization is such a huge part in, in belief in me is because I have a negative story about this as well. And, you know, I, I was drafted, I played professional baseball and I was always a, I was a very good athlete. I was never great, but I was very good. And I've always been a very good, I've always been a very good worker. Um, I'm a blue collar kid. I can swing a hammer, grab a shovel, whatever you need done. Like I'm, I'm, I've always been that way. And I still love doing, it. I can run a saw. I can, I can operate equipment uh, and I, I enjoy doing it. And I've always been a hard worker. And I never realized this until I was really in my kind of probably about this time frame, that thirties. And then it, I really didn't express it until about maybe my 33 to 35 range, because it, I think as you get older, you start to become, at least for me, I became more comfortable with who I am and what I stand for. And I'm, I'm extremely hardened at this point in time in my life to understanding that, you know, there, you guys might think I'm crazy, right? Or there are people, there are listeners who think I'm crazy and I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm fundamentally, I'm okay with that. Like I am not worried about, I am not worried about what people think uh, of me to be. I'm much more concerned with who I am and how I act as a human and how I am judged that way. And when I was younger, I got, so I played high school baseball, played college baseball, I got drafted, played, although I was like, you know, one of the fucking last picks of the rounds, still got drafted, <laughs> played professional baseball. And, and I, I never thought, I never believed in my heart that I could be in the big leagues. I never did. And it took me a lot of like ball sack to kind of admit that to myself. You know, and I, I always say that, like, I played, I played like I was a professional baseball player, but I never earned, I never gave it the, the due process or respect that it deserved. And I think a lot of young entrepreneurs go through this. And I went through this as a professional athlete. When I was in the minor leagues, this is why being a man to me is an extremely important um, part of who I am. Like, I'm 
I'm more concerned with how my character and integrity is driven than anything else. Then all that material stuff to me is simply metal and cool things. How I'm fundamentally wired is what's most important to me. And that goes into a whole problem with social media in today's world, you know, where young, I think young men and women follow the wrong um, influences in life, like what's important in life. And I think I, I struggle with that because I was kind of this person younger in my younger years when I played professional sports, you know, I, when you get to the minor leagues, like you don't make shit, man, you make like 12, 1500 bucks a month, a month, a month, a whole fucking month. And you know, I would go out and you'd go to the bars and you'd be hitting on all the chicks and man, you would fucking, you'd be, you would think, you would have thought when I was 23 years old, I, first of all, I didn't have more than $2,500 in my bank account ever. You would have thought that I had fucking 500 grand in the motherfucker and I was spending it as fast as I made it and I would piss it away and I would go into every bar and think I'm hot shit and fucking all this stuff. And I wanted to act like I was a big leaguer from the standpoint of how I portrayed myself out in public. However, I never believed and I never treated myself as if I was one. And I say that because I never truly believed in the fact that I could get to the big leagues, which is the major leagues for those of you who don't know, the guys who make millions and millions and millions of dollars. I never truly thought that in my brain. I thought I was kind of lucky to get where I was at and it was kind of good enough and that's what it was. So I was gonna play my actions out and I was gonna send this fake kind of facade in the minor leagues. and you know, I, I was, I was lying to myself. That's truth. You know, like I never truly believed that I could get there. And so I was just going to ride this motherfucking storm while I could and, and go play the rest of life. Like most people do in baseball, they go and do this and then they go teach hitting lessons for the rest of their life. And I can remember in business having the conversation with myself would say, dude, I, I am going to have to bite this law of attraction thing off. Like I'm going to have to believe that, I, that we can get there. And I'm going to have to believe that we in, in the mission that's set forth and I'm going to have to believe so hard, wholeheartedly that people are going to laugh at me, which I was not used to. People are going to make fun of me, which I'd never really experienced in my life because I was a good athlete. And because, you know, when I went to the bar and I was in the minor leagues, you know, I, you know, I was in good shape at the time. I'm a pretty good looking guy. And I was playing professional baseball. Like I could play the fucking act and nobody would judge me. And then when I had to transition into this belief factor, man, it was a very vulnerable, scary spot because I went from everybody accepting and loving kind of this facade of who I thought I was into this very vulnerable space of believing that we were going to build this multi-million dollar company that was going to help people change lives. So much to the fact that my brother, we used to drive by where our building is right now. We used to drive by and Andrew missed it by an exit. And we used to tell people, this is where our future headquarters is going to be. This is where our future headquarters is going to be. And this is about the same time that we built these vision boards. And I, and I believe so heavily in that positive understanding of life and, and that law of attraction of life because I've experienced both sides of it that I never believed that I truly could get there. And guess what? I never got there. And I bought into the fact that I truly could get there. And I truly believe that we could do it if we, we're able to commit to doing the work and commit to staying true to our beliefs. And I've watched both of them spawn into what they could be. And I can tell you that if you think you can't, you won't. And if you think that you can, you will. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but I have the fortunate um, 
benefit of being able to experience both sides of that coin. And I can tell you that they're both very, very real. I can tell you humbly and honestly that I've both sides of that thought process and how they have positively and negative negatively affected my life. And I can tell you, if you're sitting in your car or sitting in your gym, that anything that you want out of life is extremely possible. If you're willing to check your ego, commit to doing the work, believe in yourself because you're going to have to believe in yourself before anybody else will and chase your dreams that you are fundamentally wired to be great. And I understand that it's going to be scary. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but I can promise you one thing that it's worth it. And what I've learned through that is I have lost a lot of friends because they don't believe in those dreams and they never did. And, and I'm okay with that. You know, and that was, that was hard for me too. And I think it's hard in coaching people that, you know, like in Jason's case, like if you're teaching people, you know, to go after bodybuilding or take it to the next level, like you are going to lose friends along that process and that's okay. Yeah. But you're going to gain new ones and yeah. understanding that they have a similar mission. And it's a lot easier to stay on course of a mission where people who think like you and are willing to work like you and are chasing a similar dream like you what you realize about life is that energy becomes cohesive in an environment and creates a culture. And like, when I think about first form and how we've gotten here, is we've lost a lot of people along the ride. And I'd be willing to bet that there are, I don't know, hundred people out there that are like, man, those for seller brothers are fucking crazy. And I'm okay with that. And I understand that, but I got 200 motherfuckers in here right now who believe, and I can tell you that positive energy and experience that, that has transitioned this space and changed the world all while we're changing their lives, I can tell you that they believe. And I can say that it's a very real and existence thing, but you got to go after it. You got to chase it. You got to be willing to work for it. Yeah. So you, I know I, I kind of covered like a whole fucking slew of shit. You, you did. Um, Sal, you weren't on, uh, Jeff wasn't on the podcast with us last time, but uh, he normally always has the best ending questions or after he sits back and always gets assessment of the full situation. Jeff, do you have anything you'd like to go with Mr. Sal before I throw out a couple others to wrap it out? Questions for Sal? Yeah. Do you have anything, anything resonate with you? Cause I mean, you know what? First call fitness few years now, what, four or five years you've really had to, like, you've been through some adversity with being kicked out of gyms, all the bullshit trainers that start like world war three with you and want to like <laughs> fucking, you know, destroy your M4 and everything else in between. So <laughs> I guess figure I, I didn't know how any of this related with you because you know, I, I, I know think... you've had to think really far ahead of what people were telling you to do. Cause you have a finance background. Looking, looking back on, you know, taking resonating off of Sal's final words and his story about how there were a hundred people probably who think you're crazy, but yet you have 200 right now who support you. And the um, the uh, the vision board with with the with the cars and everything like that, you know, I think like all of us have kind of gone through that. And everyone, I think, listening to this, have sort of experienced that on different levels. Like, for example, like I can tell you, you know, the the BMW M4 that I love so much. Um, it's it's not a Bugatti, it's not a Ferrari, but it was a car that I've always wanted since I was 16 years old and sitting on the doorstep. Um, of my friend Jessica, who I had a crush on at the time, we went to church together. And I remember after church one day, you know, I went over to her house and we were sitting outside talking about our college plans and how I would go off to Wall Street and I saw a black BMW drive by. And I was like, you know what, Jess, I'm gonna drive one of those one day. 
And, you know, I didn't end up on Wall Street. I ended up working corporate finance. And now I run my, you know, coaching business. And I do have a, a beautiful, uh, you know, M4 CS in my garage of, in the house that I just bought. Um, definitely not on 10 acres out here in Massachusetts. <laughs> but uh, and close to that 600, 600K purchase price, mind you, and nothing close to the land. Um, <laughs> I'm the Kentucky, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've experienced that. I think everyone has. But I think in taking all this back to the law of attraction, I guess what has happened to me in the last couple of years it is very true that you attract what you put out and a lot of the drama and the problems that you may encounter along the way are a reflection of like what you put out and how you choose to react to certain situations. And so I've had a lot of like good happen to me in the last two years. I've also had some bad things happen to me. Do I regret them? I kind of wish I could take some stuff back. Do I really want to go back to where I was before? No, I don't. But, um, it just resonates to me in the sense that you are what you put out, um, what you visualize, you know, can come true. And sometimes what you visualize, uh, you find yourself there and you're like, oh shit, this isn't what I wanted. It's not what I wanted at all. Um, so life can be, you know, kind of, kind of confusing and, and, and ironic like but that. I, that's a great point. And I think, you know, learning in negative situations to find the positives is a challenge. But when you get to, to a place that you thought was so great, right? You not hear me? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. When you get to a when you get to a destination that's not everything that you thought it was, right? It's like meeting yeah, yep. like meeting your idols. Like you meet them and they're not everything you <laughs> thought they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underst- understanding that that's okay, and how do you make an adjustment? And, you, and I think as you evolve through life, you 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 change and you do make adjustments and you start to find things that that maybe you thought you'd never like that you actually love and it changes your meter and you start moving. And like, for me, like I told myself, I would never, ever, 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 ever in 200 million years run a half marathon or do an Ironman. And what happens is I challenged myself to do one and I fell in love with that process. So it changes, right? And the adaptation period through growth and humility, you start to understand there's things in life that maybe you never thought you would love that you fall in love with. And that's a struggle with that you have to learn with humility is putting yourself out there and getting vulnerable, understanding that you might fail, but through failure, you can learn a lot to grow to the next chapter. And although that's not law of attraction, that's more life lessons. Getting vulnerable in both situations is where a lot of people never actually take the step one because they're afraid of failing. And, you know, getting vulnerable and failure are key fundamental aspects to having success and growth through life. Like we didn't get to where we were at by winning every time we got to where we're at by getting our fucking brains beat in and getting our asses kicked and making adjustments to become better through the process. And those losses, I would never sacrifice or change in any way, shape or form and understanding that they're all lessons through life so that we can continue to get better. And I challenged the listener to go chase your dreams, man. And if you get judged or if you lose and if you fall down, it's okay. You, but it's not okay that you don't try. It's okay. It's not okay that you don't chase after what you're designed to be or what you're destined to love. Like it's not okay that you don't give it a shot. And I think that's where, you know, you start talking about regret through life. 
all too often we try to live life for other people's acceptance. And that's not what individuality is. Like we're trying to be accepted by a bunch of people who they have their own fucking lives to write and they have their own stories to, to chase. Your only obligation to life is to go live the very best one that you possibly can. And when I talk about law of attraction and positive and negative energy, I believe so heavily in it that like yesterday, our entire meeting was on, I, re I received a letter This is how much, this is like, this shit is real. It's not kind of real, it's real. This is from a guy who follows me on Instagram. Now I might cry. If I do, just deal with me. It's no big deal. I'll give you a virtual Zoom hug. Yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> but I believe in putting good energy out into the world. And I had a shit day last Friday, okay? This guy... And I always say, like, you, you put the energy out in the world, and even if it's you, you can't life is very narcissistic. Like we do what's best for us. Right. But you have to learn to just give and just fucking give blindly. And it's not a tick for tack. It's not a I give you you owe me one. It's a true, genuine give. If you can learn to fucking give the world will, will you will receive and you don't know when you're going to receive. I had a shit week last week. We had a bunch of shit hit the fan. I got home and my son is my kids are my my pride and joy. I would wouldn't do anything in the entire world. Now I know the guy at Rawlings who builds custom gloves for the biggest big leaguers in the whole world, but people could do some cool shit to get my attention. So this guy sent me a glove custom made for my son has his little name here. And he said, Hey, Hey Enzo or Enzo. Hey buddy. I saw you playing baseball on one of your dad's videos and you're an awesome kid. So I wanted to get you an awesome glove to wear one day. To be a great player, you need to always bring two things to the field with you. One, always bring a great attitude. Two, always give great effort. Be a leader and someone your teammates want to be around. Learn to build them up. Whether you hit a home run or strike out, always be ready for the next play because it's the only play that really matters. Be sure to have fun and play to win. Always, 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 always be the hardest worker on the field. You will be great, and I look forward to watching you grow up. Your friend, Chris Sledge. Hey. And I share that with you because it caught me when I got it, when I received it, it caught me at like a really opportune time. I get a ton of fucking packages, and in fact, I opened the glove up. I didn't even see the letter. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I kind of had a couple shitty, you know, a couple shitty things. We, talk, we all have shitty things, and that's what we realize about life. It's how you respond to the shitty things. Life is a scorecard and how you respond to the shitty things. And I opened that thing up and I thought to myself, all right, recognize the receive. I gave somewhere and this is, I didn't give that guy shit. I didn't do anything for him, but I gave somewhere and it received. And I believe so heavily in putting that positive energy out that yesterday in our meeting, I gave every single one of our employees, there's 200 people in there. And I told them, I, and I read that story to them and I, and I explained to them that I owe the world. I owe the world a gift. And my strongest gift as a leader is the fact that I have access to 200 individuals and I can control what we can do today. And I asked them, I said, no, I, I don't know who inspires you. I don't know who changes your life. I don't know who's made you smile. I don't know who's made 2020 a positive, uh, given you a positive impact in year 2020. It's been a shit year for a lot of people, but I'm going to drive Christmas spirit and I'm going to return the act of kindness that this random, this random person sent me I want to return it back to the world because I believe that I, this is my, this is my obligation to what, what would happen. And I ask that they write a note to somebody. I don't care if they're in fitness. 
I don't care if they're influential. I don't care if it's your high school football coach from 15 years ago. I want you to thank them for the positive impact that they had on their life. I want you to tell them and express to them the gratitude that you have for the impact and change that they've placed into your life. And I want you, you can choose any package that any gift that you want in our inventory, you can send them one item as a random act of kindness. And I want to regenerate what that gift had done for me in a shitty spot. I want you to go make 200 people's day. And I don't give a fuck how much it costs. I don't give a fuck what it is. All I care about is I give you the opportunity to express your gratitude to another human being. And those gifts all went out today. And I think about the law of attraction. You think about, you know, when you're having a shitty day and why does this randomly show up? And I've learned it's not random. It's by total design of the energy that you put out, you receive when you need it. And I know that people think that shitty thing's real, but to Jason's point earlier, the reason that negative people always have negative shit happen to them is because they're always thinking about negative shit and they identify the negative things. Consequently, why do positive people always have positive things happen to them? Because they're always focused on trying to regenerate that positive action back out into the world. And if you can show me a case where that's not true, I'll kiss your ass. But I can tell you that more times than not, when you're going to see a big winner, when you see a big winner in life, 99% of the time you put that person behind the door, they want other people to win. They want to see other people succeed. They want to see life become better. It's not, they're not back behind the door picking at these people. And I think that thoughts with that starts with the thought process that you have by yourself, that that's the life that you need to have for yourself, not live somebody else's life encapsulated by their limitations, i.e. the carpenter. And, and I don't get that twisted. And I don't, if you're a carpenter, that's not what I'm picking on. I'm saying if you're a carpenter, understanding that you don't always have to be a carpenter. You can be the custom home builder. You can be the best carpenter in the entire fucking world. You can manage 500 guys if you're willing to work for it and go after it and fight for it. And that's what I'm telling you is you don't always have to be in the position that you're at just because your parents were there. You have to, you have the opportunity and obligation to think freely, chase your fucking dreams and go after it and work for it. So I have a question to you. When you told your team of 200 people that that's what they were going to do, Mm-hmm. What was their response? Because I want to go down a road of culture because this is our second podcast with you. Yeah. And I can tell you that your leadership, because I love studying people, leadership stands out and especially the belief you could tell from top to bottom and the law of attraction. But how was the response? Because, you know, when you're dealing with growing companies, some of these coaches have got just themselves, one, two other coaches, maybe five, you've got 200 people. What was the response of the 200 people when you told them what you were going to do? My key guy walked up to me yesterday. He works out. We work out together. I work out with, so I have like five key guys and I basically work out with one each, each day. Smart. We have a cons- consistent evolving bond with them, even though I have structured meetings with them as well. And he just said, he said yesterday, yeah, my meetings are never about products or processes. Never. They're always about life. And I always teach them about mistakes that I made through life. And I always try to tell them how to be better. And I always try to, to express humility whether I've made bad decisions in relationships or business, I just own them. And I try to positively teach them through my mistakes, how to become better. And one of my key guys yesterday said, I think that was the best meeting that you've had in the last, you know, last few months. And I asked him why. And he said, because most people never have the opportunity to be able to give something like that or really the direction and humility to be able to express their feelings like that. And I think when challenged with the task, 
of simply making somebody's day better for no reason. Nobody's ever challenged most people to do that. Like nobody's ever, when was the last time you challenged yourself to, to today go out and we're going to, we are going to take $50 and give some random person who's not expecting it for no fucking reason. We are just, and that's not their birthday, their wedding anniversary. It's not any, it's not a special day, baptism, nothing. It's Tuesday. And somebody's going to thank you for being a good human. Nobody's ever challenged him with that. And he thought that that was the best piece because it's not that people aren't capable of doing it. It's that it's so not, it's so rare or uncommon in the, in the actions of day-to-day life or our quote unquote normal that I think it made him feel good. And so, you know, you start thinking around and you start now in the positive, even as I'm having this conversation, like, how can we find more positive ways to impact people on a daily basis as random acts of kindness to create that positive mojo, to create that positive flow, to create that positive energy. And I have realized personally, the more that we've done that through life, the more we've received. And, and, you know, we write, we started, well, I'm going to go. I mean, I don't know how long you got, but we got some time. I got, I've I got, got time. I think they do. If they need to peel off, they'll, they'll, they'll always okay. communicate. Go for it. Well, I, I think it's important. You know, I commit my college coach wrote handwritten thank you cards. And I remember, and he even ripped your ass in how in handwritten thank you cards. Like he would fucking tell you, Hey, great job. Really proud of you. Blah, 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 blah. And if he thought you were a piece of shit, he'd tell you right in a thank you card. And uh, I like it. It was awesome. I remember Cal, he's dead. I I have two, two mentors in life and both of them actually died of the same cancers. That's a whole nother concept. Wow scares the fuck out of me. Anyhow, that's mm-hmm. what happens when you believe in a law of attraction. You start thinking things and you start thinking of a new existence and then you start thinking, holy fuck, like I can't even think about that because then it starts happening. Anyway, shouldn't even have said that. <laughs> uh, but my brother also wrote, started writing thank you cards at the store level. And, and when you only had 10 customers, like it was an extremely important interaction. And so then we incorporated you know, thank you cards in the first form. And then we've incorporated giving random gifts, you know, and then we start incorporating these things. You start thinking about these positive flows that have always happened. And every time we've given more, we've received more. Every time we've put more out, we've received more in that sense. You know, we've started 30 for the kids, which is our, which is our charity here, which is 100% of the money goes to kids in some way, shape or form. You know, it's funny. You put the mission out there. We started just talking about it and believing in it. We started helping kids. And then literally it started becoming more. And then we started getting more opportunities to help kids. And then people started giving more money. And it was like this creation of positive energy created this, these avenues and opportunities. And they have all started with a story of trying to make a positive change in the world. And then taking that same foundation, which is just giving for no reason and turning it into some type of monumental action or repercussion or wave that continues to happen. And so we've always given for no reason. And you continue to learn to give and give and give and give and give and give. And the world, if you, if you do it with true intentions, meaning with your heart and mind and soul, you will receive. And where, where a lot of people do this uh, incorrectly is they give with a catch. And this is where a lot of people fail. It'd be like, if I were to give to Jason, but I really need something out of Jason. So I'm going to send Jason this kind of random, you know, random gift. And then Jason kind of owes me one. World doesn't, world doesn't respond that way. God, whomever, however you want to put it into play, 
they know your internal thoughts, that energy that exists inside your brain that says, well, I'm going to give this to Jason because he's going to owe me one. That's a, they, they can negate that thought process because they know the, the law of attraction understands the energy that exists inside your brain. And as you express it, and when it's a slight handed gift that <laughs> the energy can feel that. And I know people right now are going, Holy fuck, this guy's crazy. Yeah, I might be. However, I got a pretty good track record of being able to make this shit come to life. And I have learned with the truly, with a good heart and a good brain, and if you want positive things to happen to people and you truly treat them that way and you express that to them wholeheartedly, that you will receive. And we built an entire business model out of it. I mean, I, I like I truly and genuinely believe if, if you've ever been a part of our sales cycle in any way, shape or form, like I never talk about product. I never talk about how much margins are in part. I never talk about anything. I talk about helping people because I know what it's like. I have, I'm looking at two people right here who both of these people have lost over a hundred pounds. There's not a better gift in fucking in the entire world than to give somebody the opportunity to have their life back. It's the yep. best fucking gift. And then they come and they like, they think like the energy that they give you is this fucking unwavering. Like you can't help but like take it in. I couldn't tell you if they bought $200 in product, $25,000 in product. I don't know how much gear they have. No idea. But I can tell you right now when I look at them and I feel what it is and who they've transformed and what they've changed to be, that's a genuine interaction that we've had together. That's a relationship and a bond that we have together. And I believe that, the understanding of life is that I've given them a gift. They will return that gift in some way, shape or form. Even if it's not to me, it's a positive flow that we can start and we're starting that wave here and we're going to push it out into the world and eventually it'll make its way back around to us. So as your audience is like putting on the tinfoil motherfucking hat. Dude, they've been listening to us for over a year and a half. Yeah, they've heard they know all it. about my <laughs> they drug know what they're going to get. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're getting. They like the fact that we're on the fringe and that we're talking about shit that no other podcast in the health and fitness industry is talking about. You know, this yeah. is one thing that we really enjoy doing is talk about not only the, you know, how you fix a client with hormones, but hey, you know, this is how you can have a better life for yourself. Coaches can be able to. I, I mean, it's what I live business. by. I mean, yeah. when, when people come to me and they want to get into coaching, I, I always support them. And if they end up surpassing me in terms of income, I'll applaud them, you know? Yep. Um, it's just the way it is, but then I end up getting more back. So. Yeah, you always do. Yeah. Man, it's funny because like this, this goes back to the kind of the, the backhanded comment I made about the, the wrong role models in life. You know, unfortunately, like we're raised in a society where, you know, money, hoes and fucking cars, right? Like that's yeah. like all, every rap song that we listened to when we were kids. And like when it became reality through Instagram, it's a tough world to live in because like, dude, you're going to do everything you can to be cool, to chase these for the likes, for the follows, for the comments. And I think the maturity of life, at least for me, and I don't, you know, I'm just speaking for my own personal interaction is understanding that there's no greater gift in the world than to be able to give somebody something that is special and unique to you. And that can only come through putting in the work yourself and building that bond yourself. And Jason, to your point about being a coach, if you've done such a great job with a client, you've literally one through 10 have built them and helped them and understood them and, and shaped them to their core. Then I believe it's their obligation to go help more people. They're not competitors yep. at that point. You know what yep. I'm saying? They are, they, they still look at you as the, as the pinnacle and as their, you know, as their, 
beacon of light through this industry. And that's what spawned them into, into the greatness of who they are. And so I look at those as like, if we're going to change the world in a positive aspect, we have to have lots of the positive actions, creating positive mm-hmm. actions. And if you can teach these people that aspect to go out and continue to fucking bloom and blossom, I think we still can live in a, in a wonderful place. And I still do believe that America is the greatest country in the, in uh, on earth. And I, still believe in all of our freedoms. And I don't believe in the media and the narrative that you're trying to drive the last, you know, the bottom 10%, the cry whiny 10% that they want to get for ratings. Like, I don't believe in that. I believe that we want what's better uh, for our kids than we had for ourselves. And I believe that we want to help our neighbor. And I still fundamentally remember 9-11, you know, the tragedy in red, white, and blue that fucking, that spilled through our, through our, our core for that, for that span. And, and like, it's all through, it's all for love. Like it's all for fucking positivity. And I, I, dude, call me a hippie. I've never done, I don't do psychedelics, but <laughs> try have some weird fucking conversation, smoking peyote or something. But if, if we hang out, Sal, don't worry, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff got me microdosing. I never thought I would either. Yeah. So. I, I just, dude, I just look at life as it's a, you know, I, one day I'm going to have to go to the kingdom, right? I'm a, I'm a uh, God fearing man, I believe. And I want to know that just like I would for my dad, just like I would for my kids, I want to know that I took my time on this earth to give it every motherfucking thing I had. And I know that if I don't believe in that and I don't believe in a core fundamental structure of being a great example of what uh, this opportunity of life is, then I won't, I won't walk through that gate with a head, with a, with a head that's held high and, and a, and a chest that's full of, of love and spirit. And so like, I, I've been talking about legacy for my kids for a long fucking time. And I can only truly fulfill the legacy uh, that I want my kids to be, that I want the stories to be told about me to my kids. If I believe in myself first, and if I visualize and get uncomfortable first, and if I get real fucking goofy and understand that it's okay, if I fail, it's okay, if I get uncomfortable, but it's not okay if I don't try. And, um, you know, when I die, there's going to be a whole lot of rad stories about me to my kids. And that's what, that's, what's important most to me. And I hope in that narrative, I've changed a lot of fucking lives. And I hope that a lot of people show up to my funeral because at the end of the day, these things are just money and, and, and metal and, you know, give somebody that gift of life and positive energy and to be a positive reinforcement. I'll have my time in the court, you know, we'll figure that out when that time comes. And, and uh, until that time comes, I'm going to give it every motherfucking thing I got. So Sal, can I end this episode with doing a class exercise for you to lead us? All right. So I'd like for you to close your eyes and visualize that the over 3,000 people who are listening to you right now, who are mostly coaches, what is your one takeaway that you would want them, if you were talking to them right now and 3,000 people lined your hall of first form and were standing there looking at you, what would be the one thing that you would want them to take away from this episode for visualization to go make not only their life better, but others better? Good one. I think the the one thing that I need that I would ask for you to understand as a listener is that experience is an intangible asset that you can only have through trying. And experience is comes in, in a multitude of forms in both failing and winning but experience does not come through not trying. 
And if I challenge you as a listener to live the best life that you physically possibly can, and it, it's going to come with understanding that you're going to have to face a bunch of adversity, whether it's judgment through your friends and family or failure through, you know, whether you're not prepared enough or whether you just weren't good enough to win, but not trying is not an option and quitting is certainly not something that you put on the table at any point in time in life. And, you know, I, I wrote an article to my, to my son, I write emails to my son and I, there's one I tell my, my closest guys all the time is regret is not something that I'm willing to, to, to take down with me when I die. And your day, your life is a gift and you were blessed with the gift to live in the greatest country on planet fucking earth. And you could have just as easily been a, been a sperm swimming upstream in Haiti, but for some reason you were chosen to live in, in the greatest country with the greatest opportunity. And I think when you look at that opportunity, and I, this is a lesson that I, I wrote to my son, not to my daughters, that I always challenge you to ask the hottest in the room out, always. And the reason being sure. is because you don't know the answer until you ask the question. And if you don't have the courage to ask the question, you're never gonna be put in a position and I think when you talk about that same, when you unpack that same concept with your own life, most people are not willing to chase that, chase that uncomfortableness. And most people are not willing to get into that uncomfortable zone because of fear. And don't let fear be your driver. Let the undying, wavering will to win and to want to be the very best of the opportunity that you've been giving be the thing that lights your fire and gets you up in the morning. If you can learn to address and attack every single situation with the understanding that no is always the answer unless you approach a situation. And if you don't approach a situation, don't expect to win. And if you don't win, you're certainly not going to fucking have a story. And if you can learn to live your life with those key principles every single day that you may not be at the top of the mountain of the mountains of the mountains, but I can promise you, you're going to be a lot higher up that fucking summit than 99% of the people that you know. And I challenge you to chase that dream. And that's a dream that if I were young and I was 25, it's something I would certainly go after. Thank you. I have have a quick question. Go for it. But it won't be long, Sal. I I, want to respect your time. Have you ever spoke? Like, have you ever thought about speaking on this topic? Yeah, we, so, so 2020 was supposed to be my coming out year. Okay. Yeah. Not out of the closet year. Um, (laughs) I have, so I've, I've done, quite a few speaking engagements. I do, I do business coaching, more, more sales coaching okay. than I do anything. Although I, time constraints, you know, I really want to get out into, honestly, Jason, if I'm being honest, like I've really focused so heavily on my team here that I haven't progressed that side of my life. Okay. And there's a piece of me that I need to take my own advice, right? Where, you know, I feel like there's a lot of fake people on Instagram there's a lot of fake people who, and you guys, dude, you got, if anybody's dealt with this more than I mean, the, the diet bodybuilding world is the fucking pinnacle of this, right? Everybody's a coach and they just like that. And I wanted to make sure that my life, both personally and professionally, were in a place where I felt extremely confident and secure to make sure that I, when I put myself in that situation, like I, when I, when I, and Jeff asked whatever, like you guys can ask me anything, like any, anything that I go out there that I want to know that I'm giving it the very best. And I'm not just doing it for money. I'm doing it so that I can help build people and teach people 
through my failures and make them better versions of themselves. And I just never really quite felt confident doing it. I was rolling into 2020 with the, with the intention. Okay. Well, I think you should. I, I think you should. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a, I, that's a great compliment coming from you. And I appreciate that very much. It's uh, go ahead. No, you go I'm ahead. Rambler, dude. I, I'm a rambler. Unfortunately, I apologize. Like I'm sitting here, you know, and I, I do, there's just so much that I would love to give the younger version of myself. And then, you know, a lot of it comes through, a lot of it comes through failure. And I think that's a huge thing, man. Don't let, don't let failing be the dictator of your life because you're too afraid to fail. Like don't fucking do that. Get on stage, ask the hottest chick in the room out, go on that vacation. You didn't, you know, that you, you, you really can't afford, I guess, if you will, go trade, go chase those fucking dreams, man, because you're only going to get one life. And I've lived, unfortunately, I've lived a very, very fucking badass couple trips around the sun. And I look forward to the many that I have, but fear is something that I think a lot of people struggle with that I would encourage you to challenge. I agree. And you know, <clears throat> the way I wanted this, I wanted you on to finish up because we only have next week's podcast and then we're done for a week or two, but I wanted you to be on to talk about this podcast to help frame 2021 yeah. better for a lot of people, because, you know, if yeah. you didn't get better in 2020, that's your fucking fault. I've read over hundred books this year. My team has grown for relentless. My gym yep. has survived through two natural disasters. We, the, th yeah. the four of us here have all experienced like, some good shit because we oh, stayed, yeah. we kept focus. Yeah. We might've been down in the minute, but overall we knew we had to ultimately pick ourselves back up because that's what leaders do fundamentally. Yep. You know, they attract the best, they demand the best. And, and with that best, you yep. know, you're always chasing it. Yeah. Can I, I'm going to share one more thing and then, I, then I'm going to have to jump and skedaddle because it's important that you, you, I mean, that, that's a fabulous point. And this comes into the self-awareness realm and maybe not law of attraction, very, very self-aware, you know, we have also had a, a strong year, got kicked in the dick early, like a lot of people did. And, and I would look, you know, we moved into a new building, we had navigated a lot of hurdles this year and not all wins are financial wins. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in that struggle too. Yes, sir. But what happens is sometimes we celebrate our wins a little bit too long. And I want you, and I'm going to challenge the ones who maybe have faced their fears and they have a little bit of success to understand that humility doesn't come because you won your IFP 317 pro card, right? Humility comes through stepping outside your circle, challenging the best, chasing a new dream, setting a new expectation. And for me, you know, 2020 was a very good year in a lot of different ways. Now I had, this is the law of attraction. Trust me, I had a lot of shit happen. Like and I'm talking about a lot of fucking shit. If I, there's shit that happened, I would fucking tell you, you mind boggled but I try not to let that come into my life. Yeah. However, something I was extremely cognizant of is I started to let myself self slip physically. I got up to about 242, 243, which for me is extremely heavy or not extremely heavy, but heavier than I like to be. But I was soiled in my victories, right? And I was kind of digging myself. And for me, I struggle with alcohol. And so alcohol, alcohol, although I'm very good at like playing it off in a sense of like laughing, like I mix it into my drinks and I can mix it into my diet and I can manage it. However, I struggle with it. And it's a very real struggle for me. And um, so I, I'm, and this is, this is, I'm not looking for a fucking any type of, I'm on day 46 of no drinking for no reason, not because I, I didn't, right, right. I'm not, I didn't go into AA. I'm not uh, trying to quit. I wanted to challenge myself 
with what I thought would be the biggest struggle that the thing that I struggle with the most, I'm going to face the, the hardest challenge that I possibly could to see if I had it in me. And so, you know, to your point, you know, my financial slash physical or business thing was with my, I let my physical slip. So I challenged myself to finish out 2020 in, the, in what I would at least the best effort that I possibly could. Right. And for me, I struggle with the fat kid gene. That's why I have, you know, we're in the weight loss business and I struggle with it because I can explain that struggle to people. And so I'm down 25 pounds. I've not drank for 45 days. I've been dieting for about 90 days. I'm attacking my weakness, understanding that through that struggle and through that sacrifice in the 2021, I'm going to be able to express that journey and help other people change their lives. And so I challenge you as a listener to face your fears, which for me is my weight loss in general, uh, alcohol in general, general, like in specific in specificity. And so I tried to face the two things that scare, scare me the most that I have the hardest control time with. And I wanted to tell 2020 to fuck off and finish as hard as I could so that I could help more people in 2021 move. And so to your point, I think you'll find successful people can be extremely self-aware and attack those weaknesses um, when they see them uh, best fit. Great way to summarize that, man. Hey, but when we finish this up, can I chick chat with you for a second? I want to pick yeah, something to you. It just only take a minute. So, yeah, but guys, uh, you know, that was what I feel an awesome podcast episode Definitely. set you guys up for success in 2021. If you want better, you just got to make it happen for yourself. There's no way better to do it then attract it for yourself. So guys, if you have any Q and a questions you'd like to hit us, uh, hit us with next week, please do. If not, we're just going to turn it into a morning talk show radio and probably just talking about a lot of weird shit that won't serve no purpose. But um, thank you again, Sal, for joining us. Where can everyone follow and give you a shout out, man? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. I don't, I enjoy this. Um, You can follow me at, at Mr. Frisella on Instagram, M R F R I S E L L A. Uh, I'm Sal for sale on Facebook. I don't use it too much. We have the real AF podcast, which is uh, a podcast that my brother and I do, mm-hmm. uh, or at first form is our company, uh, at one S T P H O R M, uh, at first form. So yeah, if you want to check us out, be thankful or grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. I encourage anyone listening to check them out, man. They are a great brand. If you guys follow Jason and you guys know what Jason new ethics stands for first form aligns right there with those same values. Nothing but, uh, you know, helping people, helping to change people's lives for the better. So thank you again, Sal. And guys, we'll be checking you all next week. See y'all later. Thank you guys. See you guys. I see you.